0: Thank you, Gracie. That's a, it's a good thing to think about the tough times. Just trusting God and following Him. Uh, before we get into the message this morning, I want to take just a moment. You're familiar, many of you have heard about Terry Fleener's dad, James Fleener. Uh, James is very sick. Uh, he's had a massive stroke and, uh, there's a good chance he may be in heaven in the next 48 hours. He's very sick. I, um, we need to pray for them. And, you know, I found myself, I get, it seems like the older I get, I just get really emotional. Some of you don't know him because he has been sick for a while, but he is, uh, I, I thought about in 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about we have this treasure in jars of clay. And he is, his body is frail, but he's such a treasure. Uh, I love to hear Mark Powers, who we all love, talk about the fact that he was the first one to really make Mark feel very comfortable. Mark was here, you know, you're new, and he said, Mark, come sit in the car with me, let's talk. Just, you know, and that's the kind of guy he was. He, I know when I first came here, he was always here. Uh and in the morning, and I just appreciated him. Uh, but I, I want to just have a quick word of prayer with the family before we actually move into service uh, beyond. Master, I am always reminded of my frailty. I like to fix things, but praise be to God that you fix things, Lord. That's what Calvary's about. You fixed what we botch. And, Lord, as we're reminded at the moment of, uh, Father, uh, Mr. Fleener's frailty, praise be to God we're reminded of a glory that he has in Jesus, a treasure. And, Father, that no matter how tough it gets, we know victory is around the corner. Your word says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, and it is by being born again, born from above, Thank you for that truth, and we pray that you give an embrace of grace to not only he, but to the family, Terry, Susie, the rest of the family. God, may they in a supernatural way know you're there. Just comfort them. We love them, and we thank you that we as a church can just lift them to you. Uh, You're the one to run to, God. Thank you that we can run your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um we had a wonderful blessing last week to be able to celebrate with Alex Vigley, his baptism. Baptism is a wonderful testimony. You go under the water that old way of life it's 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 gone. You come out of the water you're saying I'm new because of Jesus. That is one of the ordinances of the two ordinances that we have in the Baptist church it is an ordinance Jesus said to do to follow him by baptism as a means of identifying with him the second ordinance we call communion the Lord's Supper and he said do this in remembrance of me It is a chance for us because we get busy. We're going different directions. Our minds are here. Our minds are there. We've got our schedules. We've got our agendas. We have to do. We have to do. We have to do. And he says, you need to stop and you need to remember what matters. Which is, I love you and I sent my son for you. And that's what we're going to do this morning as uh, we look at the second ordinance and I, I want to go back to Exodus chapter 12 as you think about those disciples that were there when Jesus had the Passover meal with them and as he shared the meaning. Not that he did away with the old meaning. Guys, he literally completed it. He said, this is what it's been about the whole time. Sacrifice. The sacrifice that counts. But what went in their minds, what we find in Exodus chapter 12. And, and for our scripture reading this morning, uh, we want to read Exodus 12, you know, right there early on in your Bible, uh, verses 1 through 13 and verse 23. And I want to look at some insights, just brief insights uh, from this scripture that tells about the Passover celebration. And then, of course, connect it to the fulfillment, ultimate fulfillment of Jesus, our Passover lamb, the Passover lamb. Uh, So turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to ask you when you find that text to stand in God's honor as I read. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats, take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel will slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you're to eat it, with your cloak tucked in your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On the same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I'm the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you. When I strike Egypt. And then down to verse 23. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. May God honor the reading of his word. Father, here we are, God, bowing our hearts to you. Bowing our very selves to you. Father, we want to remember you. What you gave to us, Lord. Your love exemplified. Perfect love, Lord. Uh, This morning, I pray you guide us as we celebrate you. I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would clearly speak to us, Lord. And we would just remember, God. Remember you. Lord, lead us. As we continue forward, thank you so far we've been able to worship you. Continue that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Uh, just a few truths as I scan through here. First, as the Lord spoke to Moses, I want you to notice there in verse 2, he said, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. What he was saying, you know, when we have a new year, we have New Year's resolutions. We say, "Okay, it's time to get my priorities in order. It's time that I, I, you know, I have a plan because I need to improve my life. And I want to make sure that what I do is what really matters. That I'm focused on what I what I need to be focused on, you know, and so we come up with these resolutions. He is saying here. Okay, this is a new year. This is to symbolize a new year. This is to symbolize a new start. And this is what I want you to think about. This is what is to be on your minds. This is to be the primary thought. This is what drives your life. This is what drives your heart. You see, as you go back uh, to Exodus chapter 2. just Run back there with me for just a moment. Uh, chapters back. Exodus chapter 2. In verse 23, uh, we read, it says, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Now, as we come to Exodus 12, we see a people who have been hurting. They've been in slavery. And, and God sent this man named Moses to be a deliverer. And And you, many of you remember the account of the ten plagues. And each time, he would send Moses to Pharaoh with a plague. And he'd say, you're to let my people go. I've heard their groaning. I've heard their cries. And I'm concerned about them. And if you don't let them go, a plague is going to come. But Pharaoh would say no. And, and this happened. Again and again and again. It happened nine times. And then we come to a tenth plague. Where God sends Moses to Pharaoh. And he says, Pharaoh, the firstborn. The oldest son of each family. Is going to die if you don't free my people. If, if you don't make that decision to let them go. To set them free. And then we come to this Passover meal where God has a plan as a death angel is going to come and and He's going to bring death and He's going to be pain. But God's got an escape clause for His people. And it is this Passover meal. It is this ordinance that is to be observed. And and He says, I want this to be on your hearts, guys. Each year, as as you start the year, this this is to be the thrust of your heart and your life. And so that was the first thing that I noticed. Second, uh, he says that it is a sacrifice that must be without defect. Look at verse 5. He says, the animals you choose must be year old males without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. What he says is you need to look for, this is the sacrifice I want you to have. It is a a year old baby goat or or sheep. And this is to be this or lamb. This is to be the sacrifice. And it's to be without defect. You're not just supposed to give leftovers or or the one that doesn't appear to be perfect. You're to give of your best. The, the one that you find that's without defect, that's without blemish. That is to be the sacrifice. And that happened. Its meal was observed and and there were lambs. Countless lambs that were sacrificed over the years because there was this awareness of sin. And, and as the Passover meal was, was carried on from this point and, and then forward, the idea was sin is terrible and there has to be a sacrifice that's paid. And so the blood would flow on the altars for the people's sins of this sacrifice. And then, of course, we come to the time of Jesus Christ. Where it says all that death and all those baby lambs and goats that were sacrificed. There was a sacrifice that was perfect. There was a sacrifice that paid it in full once and for all. That, guys, has been fulfilled completely in Jesus Christ. And that's what the Scriptures clearly tell us. And that's why we're here. We're to remember that our efforts, our works, what we do, it is never enough. But there is something that is enough. And that's Jesus. That's what he accomplished at Calvary. I love the old story that happened a number of years ago in New York City. There was a man who was on business there. And he'd had a hard week. And he said, I need to wind down. So he asked the guy at the hotel he was staying at, what is the wildest bar in town? And the guy said, well, the name of the bar is Gates of Hell. That does sound pretty wild, doesn't it? So he said, well, how did I get there? And the guy told him, well, he took off to find the Gates of Hell. And as he was walking down the street, he wasn't sure where he was going. So he stopped and asked another guy. He said, now, how exactly do I get to the bar, the gates of hell? He said, well, he said, look over there up high. He said, do you see that big cross on top of that church? That's Calvary Baptist Church. He said, in order to get to the gates of hell, you have to walk past the cross You have have to go by Calvary to get to the gates of hell. And so he got to thinking about that. and, and, And he was walking and he said, you know, to get to the gates of hell, I have to go past Calvary. And he saw the church and he heard great music that moved him and so he said "Well you know I'm going to go inside and see what this is about and as he looked around and as he saw people singing and worship and 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 there, there was an excitement and, and a passion and then he heard a message that talked about hope and the hope came down to one central truth that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have Everlasting life. And it was at that moment that he decided, man, I don't need to go to the gates of hell. I need to go to Calvary. And it's always, I mean, that's the truth today. The only way to miss the gates of hell is to be sure you don't go by Calvary, but you stop. And you come honestly and you say, Lord, here I am. Sin and all. I've got the blemish. I've got the defect. But there's one. Who died for me. Without blemish. Without defect. Without sin. Jesus Christ. He's the sacrifice. Uh, uh, another truth point out here from the text. Look at the second part of verse 3. And verse 4. Um. I'll just start at verse 3. It says, tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household's too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. <laughs> Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed with what each person will eat. I just share that, you know, the sacrifice is meant to be shared. Hey, guys, as is is <laughs> he shared this, he said, if there's too much lamb for your family to eat, you go find somebody else and you take to them the lamb to share the sacrifice so they can participate so that nothing goes to waste. And you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for the, for the fact that Jesus, his sacrifice is always more than enough. Man, I don't care where you are. I don't care where you've been. Jesus is more than enough. There's a song, I look down, I'm always out of time, doggone it. Let me get on this. Uh, there was a song by the Archers uh, years ago, with a group when I was a teenager I loved, it was called, It Wouldn't Be Enough. I just want to read the words to you, because I find myself, it's been years since I really heard the song, but it'll come to my mind. And I always think about it with the Lord's Supper. He says, if I had all the riches this world has to give, all the comfort that it brings... Never needing anything. I could search the whole earth over far and wide. Trying to buy that precious love that was sent from God above. Listen to the chorus. And it wouldn't be enough. No, it wouldn't be enough to buy one splinter of the tree Jesus died on. And I couldn't pay the price for one single drop of blood that was shed for my salvation. He said, if I had the riches this world has to give, and I gave it all away, every penny to my name, to some beggar on life's dark and lonely street, all this kindness found in me could not win eternity. (laughs) He says, nothing I can do. No, there's nothing I could say. Couldn't give enough. Nothing could repay because it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough to buy one splinter of the tree Jesus died on. And I couldn't pay the price for one single drop of blood that was shed for myself. Jesus is more than enough. He's more than adequate. All that I do, it's not enough. And that's why I need to share it. Because everybody's on this quest. How can I please God? How can I be sure that I'm not going to suffer when I die? How can I I be sure? Jesus! That's how. He's he's the one. right. I've got to move on here. God provided before the darkness prevailed. Look at verse 6. He says, uh, take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Twilight is the soft light that occurs between the light and the darkness. Uh, It's in the day, uh, you know, when the sun comes up, there's the soft light that occurs as the day begins to move ahead. As the light rises, as we say, that soft light. And then usually it's used at night. And if you look at verse eight here, it's not talking about the sun coming up, it's talking about the sun going down. Verse eight, it says that same night. So it was at night. It's the twilight at light. It was that soft light in between the night and between light and night approaching. And as I thought about that, I thought about how quick this life goes by. And I thought about how death is around the corner and how it's closer than I'd like to think. For me. And it is for you. It says in Hebrews 9, verse 27, For it is destined for a man to die once and then to face judgment. Guys, we can't get out of it. We're all headed toward death. The only way out of it is if you've already trusted Jesus and He comes back first. And I like that option. But otherwise, if He doesn't come back to get me, I'm going to Him. Twilight. We are in the twilight. I, you know, I just I, I like that as I thought about it. Okay, let me move on here. Faith is required. Uh, as you look here, down through the scripture here, um, I want you to notice second part of verse 3 on. Just the verbs that are used here. It is active. Sometimes we think about faith like it's passive and we just wait on God. But it's a waiting that's active. It's participatory. We are to follow according to what we know. We're not just to sit there. and God hit me on the head with something, so I know you're there. I mean, that's not the idea. Uh, I want you to notice here, he says, verse 3, these verbs here, he says, each man is to take a lamb for his family. Verse 4, we see they must share one with their nearest neighbor. As they look out, see the neighbors. He goes on, um, he says, you're determined the mount that's needed. Verse 5, he says, you must choose the year old male. See, there's activity there. He says, take them from the sheep or the goats. Verse 6, take care of them until that time that the sacrifice is to be made. Uh, verse 7, take some of the blood and he says, put it on the sides of the door frames in the houses where they eat their lambs. It is, it is to be active. Look at verse 28 that kind of sums all that up. He says, the Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. It was a faith that was active. It wasn't just sit there, okay, God, let me know. No, they were, they were doing what he said to do. They were following in detail this ceremony that God called them to follow. And, and I thought of Hebrews 11, verse 6. that says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and reward those who earnestly seek him you want to please God? He, he said, you can't do it without a faith that's walking in step to his commands. That, that's pleasing him. So you've got to believe he's there. He exists. And then you got to be active. That's the one he rewards. The one who's seeking him. I love Psalm 34, 9 in the Amplified Bible. You know where it expands the verse. He says, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, revere and worship him with godly fear, for there is no want to those who revere and worship him. What's that about? It's what happens is when you really grow to love God, then your heart begins to beat with his heart and there's no want because suddenly you find yourself filled with him and fulfilled in him. That's that's what he's talking about here. Um, One last one here as we prepare to partake together. Only one sacrifice spares us from God's judgment. Look at uh, verse 23 there. For the Lord will pass through to slay the Egyptians and when he sees the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to slay you. There was a death angel that passed over. It was the final plague. It was the judgment of God. But there was an escape clause. There was a way out. It was to make the sacrifice of this lamb. And then to take the blood and to put it on your doorpost. The top and the sides of the doorpost of your home. To say this home, these people who are part of this family, this home are covered by the blood of the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And I thought of John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 29. And it says that he pointed to Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect Passover Lamb is Jesus Christ. And the reason we do this thing called the Lord's Supper and Communion is because we want to remember that His sacrifice is more than enough. And that is the hope. Man, that is the ultimate hope that I have. That's what it comes down to. I close with this story and, and then we'll participate in the Lord's Supper. Um, there was a man skiing in the Alps. And it was cold, and there was a storm, and he had an accident, and he was hurt, and he, he just, you know, he was in trouble. He was lost, laying there in the snow. He he was frightened, and there was a rescue dog who would actually go through the Alps looking for people, and he came up to the man actually to try to help him, but the man was disoriented, and he thought he was a wolf, and so he reached Uh, Into his bag. And he pulled out a knife. And when the dog came close. He just stabbed the dog over and over again. Not realizing that he wasn't a wolf. That he had come to help. Somehow the dog was able to. To uh, get away. And headed back home to the lodge. And as he began to uh, come up the stairs. uh, the steps of the lodge. He fell dead. And the owner of the lodge. And of the dog looked. And he realized something had happened. And what he saw was a trail of blood as the dog had come back to the lodge. And so they followed the trail of blood of the dog to the man. And he was rescued. Guys, you see, as we worship, this is about another trail of blood. It's about the trail of blood that happened at Calvary. And for every one of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a blood trail. And and your hope for heaven and my hope for heaven is because there's a blood trail. And that's what's taking me to heaven. That's what's taking you to heaven. Not how impressive any of us are. But Jesus. Let's prepare our hearts. I'm going to ask the deacons to come down and... I'm gonna ask you to prepare your heart as we're going to partake together of the Lord's Supper. Yeah, come on after Helen and we'll let Larry get in there. Yeah, let's get this thing. Back in 1979, that blood trail became my story. I I don't know the exact date it became your story. But it's the one story that matters. Because when we get to heaven, that's the story they're looking for. Jesus. What have I done with Jesus? And as we prepare to partake of the bread, as we prepare to partake of the, the Jews, it, it symbolizes that ultimate sacrifice. So may our hearts be ready as we prepare to partake of the bread. I'm to ask Larry if he'll lead us in prayer.
1: Our Heavenly Father, as we partake of this bread, we may we be, mm. be reminded of the body that sacrificed for our salvation, for our sins. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: couldn't buy a splinter on the tree Jesus died on. Not a single drop of blood. As we partake of this, may we remember this is about Him. And we do this in remembrance of His ultimate love at Calvary. Scripture also says that His blood is a sign of a new covenant. It's signed not due, but done. I've always loved that. It's not a matter of how much I accomplish. It's a matter of when He said it is finished, it's finished. Let's protect together of the drink. I'm going to ask George if he'll lead us in prayer. Thank you. Think of another precious song called Written in Red. And what makes the new covenant so precious is it's written in his blood. What else could be more binding? What else could be more secure than the sacrifice of Jesus? So as we drink of this, do this in remembrance of Jesus. Bible says that uh, they went out they went out with a song. so I think it'd be a good idea for us to stand and find a hand to hold and I encourage you uh, what we want to be about here we want to have we want to get along we want to have great times but we want the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to be central. so hey guys, If you've never placed the weight of your life upon Jesus Christ, that's what I encourage you to do. There's no regrets for trusting Jesus. So I just encourage you, if you haven't asked Jesus to come in your heart and to give you hope, do that. We're not having an official invitation to come down, but I... You can do that right where you are. We'd love to pray with you and talk to you more and and to be a part of that new life if you haven't started that life with him. Uh, That said, let's let's sing together. I think the song is I've Decided to Follow Jesus. Join in and sing. We Alt-